0: Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Recording Drums. I'm Blair Sinta. Today I am talking to MB Gordy. Uh, MB is a very well-known percussionist drummer in LA. He works mainly in film world, uh, which I find super intriguing. This is centered a little less around home recording, although you're gonna hear his process of recording, you know, film. Soundtrack stuff at his house. He works in film and TV does a lot of video game stuff Um, Let me just give you I'm literally on his IMDb page. I'm gonna read a handful of credits That go on and on Call of Duty Venom Paterno Pitch Perfect Diary of a Wimpy Kid Transformers Ghostbusters Fantastic Four the a-list X-Men Frozen Despicable Me Too, Boots, The Polar Bears, The Dictator, The Campaign, The Born Legacy, Harry Potter. Get the idea? He knows what he's doing. Uh, all right, so we had a very long conversation that lasted about two hours. I edited it down uh, just to try to center it toward recording. We talked about education stuff, we talked about. All the things that he's got going on, he's got a lot of things going on. I th- I find it a, a very fascinating interview. All right, if you are beginning recording, check out my intro to recording course available on my website. One mics, two mics, three mics, minimal micing to get you up and running to understand what microphones are supposed to be hearing. Uh, this I I you know I, I utilize minimal recording in my recording all the time. It's not just for basic recording it's to get great sounds. I also have my improve your groove course. Great exercises, great patterns, concepts um, to learn to improve, having a good feel, having great time. Uh, what you want to have as a working drummer. Alright. On my website, Blairscented.com, also a free PDF of my go-to recording gear. Again, BlairSynta.com. Please check it out. All right. Without further ado, here is MB Gordy.
1: So, um, <clears throat> or we could do it Zoom. Although I don't like teaching on Zoom all that much, but you do, we all do it. Everybody does it because they have to. Yeah. Like somebody like Peter Erskine is
0: hugely
1: set up. He's got like a five camera thing. It's amazing what Peter's yeah. got going, you know. So, and and some of the guys who uh, you know the Drumio guys, um, they're all because they have so many students. They're really kind of set up for that. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I am in the sense that I, I think I mentioned to you on the phone earlier. Um, I'll do, okay. So the other thing that I do is the zoom seminars, right? And or I do them live actually, if I can, but with, with COVID that didn't happen, but, um, I've been doing stuff for USC for years, uh, North, uh, Northridge, um, and now Eastman and Berkeley as well. And we'll see if this kind of concept that I do develops into other some other film it's mostly for composers right. although I've done it for percussion students um but what I'm doing is mostly for film uh, scoring students to introduce them to the world of what I do mostly which is film and scoring work you know so or tv or whatever and so what, that, so what that entails is, as you know, sound over Zoom is not that great. So what, what we'll do is I'll have my engineer, he'll sit in the control room, and we'll mic my room up as if it was a session. Okay. And then so you'll see me on my iPad, or, you know, whatever, um, visually, but the, all the audio is coming over another one of me, just just audio so right. um so like you'll see like if we were opened up zoom you'd get mb gordy twice right. one with with the audio coming over my from my computer via my board and then one and then visually and that works out really nicely and the sound is way better it's not still is is what you would ideally want but um it's really good to do it that way so that's we'll do that or um but that requires me having to have my engineer here techn- really to do it um, and then we'll do sessions that way too. You know, like I'll I could do, do so you get me twice, you get the audio feed. But now there's a whole new thing of doing things, w- which I'm sure you know about, which is um, visually we could do Zoom, and audio wise we'll go over a program called Audio Movers. Yep. Yep. And that works really great. And that's uh, and that's really just high end. It's as it's as close as you can get without paying. What it, what was the program that they use for your Source Connect? <clears throat> that's super expensive, and a lot of people. That's I don't even know what happened to Source Connect if they're still in business, but um, because I know a lot of people are doing sessions now, you know, in London uh, to London, and they're using Audio Movers, and I'm like, wow, you're using Audio Movers, wow, okay, I figured you'd use Source Connect, but they're that's what they're doing. So
0: yeah, it's, it seemed to move in very fast they, at the yeah. right time, I guess. I get yeah. so, so you're doing you're doing a
1: lot of film like that now. Um a fair amount like one guy like uh, one guy that well yes early covid yeah like the first year uh pretty much all of that stuff there i think i had one or two sessions elsewhere everything yep. else was either they just send me files i do it send them back or okay. we would do it zoom and, and audio movers with, with with a
0: composer on the other end
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. And um, there's one a composer that I do a ton of work for, a gentleman by the name of Jack Wall, who is he's more of a he's he does a lot of stuff, uh, not so much movies that although he has um, and TV work, but more video game. <clears throat> and so and he um, long story short, uh, got stranded when he was during covid uh, this is over a year ago. this was actually almost a year ago now and um they were in portugal so they love portugal so much they bought a place there so he's like going back over the port. he's spending more time in portugal this past year than he did here and so in fact i've got a session with him coming up uh, and we definitely we do zoom audio movers when we do that okay and it works it works out nice man i mean it's not to say that it, all this stuff is ideal in a certain sense because you are dealing with a computer, things crash, you know, yep. but, um, but if you want to kind of be there, that's a great way to work. So, you know?
0: so with film, obviously you're looking at, I, w- I would assume you're looking at the, the cue. Well, you, you may be reading or you're looking at the, the part of the film and you're creating sound on the go or is it you're reading the parts or, or how's that working
1: it's twofold um yeah the answer to that is yes sometimes uh-huh. um uh, uh, uh so we'll get picture i don't always need to see it or or maybe we'll check later and if certainly the comp- the composer may want to check either if, they, if they're here if they come to my studio or we're doing it you know over the internet yep. um They'll, wanted see, they'll want to see, once we get what recorded what we need uh, or what they think we need, right. um, they'll go, let me let me check everything, make sure stuff's lining up and all that so that we'll watch the picture. But a lot of times when I'm recording, no. I mean, on occasion, it's happened where they go like, hey, I need you to watch this so you can catch X. Right. You know what I mean? Kind of a little more pro- programmatic in that sense, um, which happens, but and more times than not, it's really kind of written out. And if they haven't given me a chart, then I make my own. Um, and, and cause I need to know, like, once I start overdubbing <clears throat> where the stops and starts are and any major hits and kicks. So I kind of prefer at least that the composer give me a basic chart. They don't have to go like, oh, okay, you're going to play Dune Dune's here and Tyco's here and shaker here and they don't have to line all that out. I they will that it does happen they don't need to um so again we do both like when i did years ago when i started having in my home studio um, the majority of the line share stuff that that's when i broke in with bear mccreary and he was kind of breaking in you know from Battlestar galactica Mm. it was all written out there was a little improv when i got to play tabla excuse me or (coughs) sometimes on some drum set stuff um or whatever, but or maybe Doombeck, but um and frame drum. But a lot of times, most of the time, the 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 this very specific rhythmic stuff, yep. high low relationship kind of thing, bear wrote And that's and he's phenomenal because he not not he's not a percussionist, but man, you wouldn't know it. Yeah. Okay. Because he he can he can go like he could just understand rhythmically what an instrument's supposed to do percussion instrument supposed to do right off the bat okay. and it's not that's not normal for a lot of a lot of composers i don't mean that in a, in a in a demeaning way
0: i understand yeah yeah
1: yeah it's just that he had this natural affinity of going like oh so frame drum i want you to go boom right and he understood understood right off the bat the high low relationship just as if you would have on conga drums or bongos or, you know, the same thing with tabla. He understood the shape. So then he can write that out. Then you get to kind of do your thing with it, you know? So this,
0: like my brain is spinning because, you know, when I'm recor- like, let's say anyone's recording like a pop tune with a drum kit, you're more or less mic'd up. You're picking, you know, snare sounds, cymbal sounds, whatever, but you're contained kind of like, this is the thing yeah. film I mean, you're talking you're, in one sense, you're talking, OK, a, a composer knows they want a frame drum, but you're you're yeah. shifting on the fly because you played tabla five minutes ago. But now it's time for frame drum. You got to get the sound right in that moment. Then you got to read or or line up to picture whatever the complexity of that is like <laughs> it's like it seems mind boggling to me because. It you know. It, I mean, yeah, right. you're obviously incredibly experienced so you you flow through these things but the engineering aspect versus the recording aspect and then reading
1: you know what I mean yeah that becomes a that's another layer and you know it's funny man I, I I've been been doing this kind of thing so long and I studied a lot of these instruments I know a lot of these instruments you know like and there's a hierarchy I mean I, I found it Alex Acuna, for example, is one of my number one idols, and he's also a friend. And um he is a master hand drummer. Mm-hmm. You know, and when, particularly when it comes to Latin music, mm-hmm. and he's a master drummer. Yeah. Why? Who says you can't do more than one thing? But you know, like we all, even composers, everybody in this business, maybe less so now, but for the longest time, used to get pigeonholed. It's like, and I can't tell you how many times I. I'd be on a gig or a session or whatever. And somebody go like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. You play drum set. I'm going like, uh, duh. <laughs> or somebody else would go like, oh, that's right. I forgot you play percussion because I always play drums for them, right? So it was always this weird thing. I studied a very specific thing. I did study some Nigerian drumming. I did study some Senegalese drumming. But, oh, and I, I got educated on my own. Okay, have you ever heard of, um, so this uh, composer friend of mine, Laura Cartman, she said to me oh god what was the i can't remember the the style of drumming oh god i'm ruining the story i just anyway there was a there was she goes do you know okay i'm gonna have to come back to the story but anyway it was a style of drumming that i go i didn't know she was that's what she was asking me in this text right she goes do you know x and i go Oh, you mean like the thing, like blah blah. And, and once I can remember what it was, it'll make sense. And and she and she goes, no, go on the internet, go to the internet and, and look up, you know, this thing. And well, it was a st- it was a country, okay, Mauritius, which is off the coast, of the east coast of Africa, okay, which I'd never even heard of, mm-hmm. okay. And the drumming that they do there is crazy, and it's frame drum based. I never heard of this. Okay. So I listened to it. Now, 12-8 rhythms, kind of right. somewhat traditional or, you know, broken down African rhythm structures. You can go like, oh, they're doing that, but they're doing it with frame drums. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Right. So I kind of, you know, dove into then studied that so I could then, on my own, so I could do this session for her with these instruments because I have frame drums that kind of sound like that. So I lucked out there and, um, some of them have jingles in them. Some don't, you know, but it's, it was, it was really just mind blowing. And I'm going like,
0: I never even heard of this
1: country, let alone this music. Right. So you see what my point about.
0: And like, that's just the playing part of it. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's partly what I'm touching on. Like stylistically you've studied all these things. You, you're very familiar with, Different instruments and ethnic percussion, blah blah blah. Stylistically, then then you have to get the correct sound on your end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know what I mean, which is like,
1: so you you do you always
0: have an engineer? Or are you engineering also?
1: I do. I, I got to be straight up with you. I don't like doing it myself. It takes. Well, it's not. Time efficient. I
0: think liking and, and doing it can be different things. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, I can mic everything up myself. I know. I listen. I've been fortunate to have yeah. worked with the greatest engineers, man. Alan Myerson, and um uh, he just passed away. Um, and oh, I have man. his book. Um, Schmidt. Yeah, Al Schmidt. Um, I mean. The, the the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. So I've learned a lot from these people from working with them Serving. and seeing what they do and asking them questions. And they go like, Oh, use those mics. And uh, I mean, like if I had, Oh my God, I mean, I don't have, I have a good mic collection, but I, not like what these dudes have. Cause that's their game, you know, but anyway, so I can mic everything up and I can actually engineer it. I'm not a great editor. I'm not fast at that at all. And pro tools. I use pro tools. Um, so for me, it just seems to be way better and more efficient to have my guy or a guy, somebody in the room, in the control room, while I can just think about playing and producing myself. You know sure. what I mean? Okay, yeah. And it's, I just find that way more efficient. I've, I've done it, and if it's an easy kind of setup, like it's like, oh, I know, I just got to do some shakers and congas. I don't like recording in my actual control ring, but I but I'll for the sound. Okay. But if they just need a close mic, then it's something like a demo or something quick. I'll do that. If it's going to be a real deal, like it's going to picture, it's going to a record, it's going to whatever. No, no, no. I'm having an engineer.
0: Right, because you have to not. Well, not only that in film, you often have to get depth. If you're going for the kind of Hans Zimmer massive thing, oh. you need depth and close mics and layers exactly
1: yeah and you know i'll get i'll get you over here sometime and you can kind of see what we do and i i I lucked out in my room when i built it i had never built a studio before i consulted with a bunch of people and and um a couple good friends of mine who were incredible engineers and they had their take and you know blah 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 and so i kind of went with that you know and just and i lucked out the room sounds amazing okay um i have high ceilings uh drum set sounds killer in there The Tycos sound great. No. Is it Warner Brothers? Definitely not. You know, you're not going to capture that unless you're at Warner Brothers. In fact, this week, I'm going to be doing a video game thing. um, And I'm I'm having all that gear. It's all sent today, as a matter of fact. Um, doing We're we're at East West doing a, you know, a big, huge, they need that room sound. And space for all that gear, too. That's, 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 that's there's, I I just, my carnage guy, when he left today, he goes, you know, this is going to be two truckloads of gear. Right? I go, no, I, I had no idea it was going to be that much. He goes, yeah. So it's a lot that's going.
0: I mean, that's, I
1: I love that you get to still use carnage and do that because that's, I mean, well on something like this. Yes. it. it I got to say, you know, once again, I, and I even talked to him about this. Um, it's slowly coming back, but it's still not like it was. I mean, the pandemic has really put a damper sure. on so many things. And, and, you know, thank God I had my home studio already. I had, I did that. Well, it, there's a little bit of a history there we can get into, but, but yeah. basically with that this room, for sure. Yeah. With this room, with the space that I have that I'm using currently, um, um that we built, uh, in the, in my backyard, um, that has that was finished in the in uh, February late February whatever of two thousand seven, so it's been what fourteen years yeah. over fourteen years now, um, and so um, and, and you know and I I'll tell you it was interesting, I didn't build that room only because of uh, Bear McCreary and his team and Battlestar Galactica, but kind of mainly because of that. Okay. Because I found it was my studio was in my garage. It was really too bohemian. I couldn't have be having people come over at some point and go like, oh yeah, I'll just come into my garage and you're like, <laughs> yeah. like I had to step it up. Understood. And it was, yep. was kind of either like, I need to step it up or I just not do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm going like, well, I don't see not doing it as an option at this point. Right. Now that was also. And there were plenty of other people, uh, you know, a guy, a percussionist. Maybe you know Steve Reed. Do you know his name? I don't know Steve, no. He, he played with the Rippingtons. He played a percussionist. Uh-huh. And he was one of the early guys, I mean, early 90s, man, you know, to, to, to have a, a studio built. Okay. even He might have even built his in the late 80s. I forget. But anyway, so there was a, a period of time where it was that kind of was coming in, yep. but – the union and a lot of studio owners were freaking out and not happy about that.
0: Interesting. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. So there was a, there was a moment where they were going after you, if you, and trying to shut you down.
0: That is fascinating, man. Right. I mean, I, I get it. It for, When you think then every everything was union. They're going to, they're going to control the time. Right. Yeah. And i mean, obviously the amount of gear tape.
1: Yeah. Well, and he, when Steve and all these other people had their rooms, it was tape at that time. I mean, well, there was tape, but then DATS and, and ADATS kind of were kicking in and then eventually it was Pro Tools. Right. Yeah. Well, but
0: the that, like the unions were like, no, 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 no way, man. Cause we want to have somebody there to be checking, checking time.
1: That's yeah, a- it it was an interesting time. And, and it anyway, obviously, we're way past that. Everybody and their brother has a studio now, you know. Yeah. And you know what? Thank God, man, because of the because of pandemic, what were people to do? So right. ironically, so here's what happened. So if you happen to be one of those people who, you know, even even after that, you know, like I didn't really get my chops busted so much about it, but um. I know that, you know, if truth be known, probably some people, there was me and a lot of drummers had started having their own studios like yourself, you know, but in terms of people who like, and I do play drums and percussion, but then there was a a percussionist friend of mine, Brian Kilgore has his own space as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He and I kind of, I think I built my room a little bit before his, or anyways, around the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do similar and different things. I play drums that he doesn't. So, you know, so, um, but anyway. I wanted to do that because of this situation that I had with bear. So it wasn't like I was putting all the bonus and pressure on them to go, Oh, Hey man, I'm building this room for you guys. So you owe me, you know, sure. whatever it wasn't about that. I just needed to have a better and bigger space and, 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 and an isolated space. Yep. And I did. And it was, <laughs> this is a funny story. I'll never forget. So Steve Kaplan his engineer at the time. They're not working together now, but Steve, um, he was here, it was just me and Steve working. And I said, hey, Steve, I gotta show you, man. I poured the slab, come out. So he gets in the middle middle of my back. You'll see when you come over. He okay. gets in the middle of my backyard and he looks over to like where I poured this slab and he just stopped. And here's a guy who wasn't even 30 years old yet at the time, no wife, no kids, no, I'm already married and have kids and stuff. And he looks and he goes, shaking his head and I go, what, what? And he goes, um, man, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying, man? I'm like, I'm doing this because of you. <laughs> like, I mean, I you know, like, right. right. And now I'm freaked out. Like, dude, I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, a, he goes, yeah, I'm, dude. Cause you got kids and you got to think about college, man. And all this, I'm oh, going like, right. okay, you totally are freaking me out now. <laughs> But we got past that. So anyway, uh it was probably I've been told. Would,
0: right. Thank God you did this, I'm sure, right? No, it,
1: you know, the side story to that is at the top, my son was way into tennis, but um, but one of the things he did, he played like every sport, he played baseball, he played soccer. So I was coach coaching his one of his soccer teams once, or like an assistant coach, whatever. So we're at a practice and one of the dads pulls up in a in a in a red vet and uh, he walks up and I go, "Hey man, that's cool, dude. Nice vet. You know, like not my style. Wouldn't do. That's not my game jam. But whatever. I go like, cool. And he goes, and he looks dead straight at me, and he goes, "Well, at least you're gonna get something back for your midlife crisis." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "I'm good. It's all good." <laughs> it was like it was one of the you know yeah you, you have those moments where like you go somebody just says something to you. You could have heard it 15,000 times before, but this one time somebody says something to you and you go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm spending a bunch
0: of money, but there's a return on it. Yeah.
1: And I wasn't even thinking about that. So we kind of Once I settled on the fact that, you know what, this is my space, my man cave, if you will, whatever, to go do what I want to do with and not worry. Like I spent all this money building it. Now I got to get money back on it. And just accept that, you know, and like it wasn't like, oh, no, I got to I got to monetize this now, man. And blah, blah, blah. No. Once I let that go, it was way better. You know,
0: you also obviously had a feeling that the business was changing. That's I'm guessing that's part of the
1: incentive. Uh, Yes, but little did any of us know it's going to change to what it hard how how hardcore it has changed. Okay,
0: so you You weren't feeling that so much in 2007. You saw it, but you weren't like,
1: uh, this might be a good idea. I I was just doing it because it's like, yeah, I know that people like Bear and a lot of, like, for example, another reason it it even came into play was because I know that he, at the time, now I don't know about now, but uh, at least with his engineer at the time, they would never do anything live with the orchestra. They always wanted percussion isolated. And I happened to be the lucky guy to be able to be working with him for 15 years. Okay. Um, it's been a few years since I've done anything with him. But um, <clears throat> but for the longest amount of time, I was his guy. And man, I mean, that was so we're either going to have to go somewhere to do it or we're going to do it in my house. OK, yeah. You know, and the other thing I mentioned, cartage before, you know, and that's another part of the equation. Like, I can't store all the gear at my house that I own, but I like my Tycos now and this new set of Tycos I just got. And, you know, we've got a few drum sets here and a bunch of hand drum. And just, I've got so much gear, it's ridiculous. So it's getting pretty crowded, but there's no cartage involved. And so people who are doing lesser budget movies don't have to worry about a cartage issue. Yes,
0: and you have enough uh interesting sounding things available yeah you're gonna make it happen mm,
1: yeah. yeah yeah so and if i need to get something here that i don't have here yep. if i need some more orchestral stuff like i do actually my my wife is waiting for me to clear the garage out but right now i got timpani sitting in the garage oh, but nice. yeah yeah uh but she's like when is all this stuff out i want to park the car here someday <laughs> <laughs> amazing so, so so
0: are you able to have like a kind of a common mic setup for all this stuff or
1: how does that work with well if okay the- i it, it's 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 many faceted in a sense okay so drum set right. um we could talk about you know you probably do your similarly i will put either two or three different mics on the kick drum I will then uh, I learned something new recently from a project that we were doing not well within the last year um, that I hadn't been doing so for my my room mics I would I figured out years ago okay so let me back that up a second so when i was trying to get develop my sound for how i want where i wanted to capture my room mics right whether it be drum kit or the the bigger drums the dune dunes bass dune dunes and tycos and bass toms and all that stuff yep. Yep. all the big bashy stuff um uh we i was i got asked by haytor uh, pedera to do um, um a despicable me too
0: okay
1: and it was all me here in my studio okay so but Alan Myerson was the engineer on that session. So our sessions, but not here. Uh, we it was me and this other, uh, not the guy that I'm using now, but an, a, a, another friend of mine. And um, so we just experimented with, because I knew that Alan, I was going to have to do my stuff during the day, and when I finished, send it to him, and he was going to start. He was going to be mixing, because they were recording strings and brass, excuse me, and woodwinds during the day. Okay. Right. So I'm recording my stuff here during the day. Send it to him, and at night he started mixing already. Wow. I mean, it was a quick, wow. crazy kind of schedule. Yep. So I'm going like, oh my god! Like, how am I gonna make my stuff sound like I'm at Fox? Yeah. I mean, how's that gonna work? Yeah. So I wanted to get as open a sound as possible and as big a sound as possible. So you actually, yeah, you know, obviously, a lot of these instruments you have to close mic, right? because that was a lot of uh brazilian stuff surdos and pandero and okay you know that kind of stuff yep <clears throat> so and there was but there 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 might have been some drum set cues i'm not sure a lot of timbales shakers congas all that world okay. um but anyway so so we experimented like the placement of in the room like whether it was going to be towards facing the my control room and, and these corners or back here and and then we go oh let's open the bathroom up and put a mic in there so we get that natural reverb in there man you should have heard this stuff it sounded killer it was awesome wow but then what he did okay so then i've got room mics and then i i would have overheads and then i might put put a, a close mic as well okay on whatever the instrument was
0: okay just for one
1: instrument yeah, so your and the bathroom mic. So okay. now you've got a stereo room, stereo overhead, there's two, two stereo tracks, a close mic. Yep. There's three tracks and a bathroom mic. Four tracks for one instrument.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what and, I was talking about earlier cuz I've done a little bit of that out here. And it's very complex because you have to have the options of the depth with this yes. thing. And then and then you're multi-tracking many instruments maybe for one cue or just over the whole session.
1: Yeah. Right? So for one cue, I might have done four, five, six overdubs.
0: Right. So you're all of a sudden you're up to thirty six tracks for.
1: Five <laughs> I months. know. Yeah. I yeah. know, right? It's like you just go like, and there's a there's an aside story to that. One of this Disney project I did. Well, I'll tell you about that in a second. But anyway, so. So through with my friend Michael, we kind of decided, oh, the room seems to sound the room sound. We really sculpted this and spent some time before we even recorded our first cue Cause Alan wanted to hear what I was doing. Yeah. Right before he they were going to commit. Sure. So he wanted to go like, well, okay. So we we took, I don't know, a better part of a day, half a day anyway, messing with mic placement and all this kind of stuff yep. to go like, okay, let's record a cue, let's send it to him, see what he thinks. Okay well guess what he did so he gets it at fox and then he's got speakers out in the room The orchestra's gone now; everybody's gone so he's got speakers out in the room he plays my stuff over the speakers in the room and mike's that sends that back on more channels and now it sounds like the percussion's in the room with the orchestra brilliant yeah and in fact i was doing some other session after we did that and he came, he was like in the front of the orchestra. He was like setting mics and everything. And he said, and he, and he saw me, he didn't, I don't know if he knew I was going to be on that other session, this other session or not. But anyway, he seems, he goes, and he goes, Hey man, you are a rock star, man. He like starts going off. on like how, like how awesome this stuff sounds. I was going like Thanks Alan, you know, whatever, you know, but, um, you know it, it it's it's like you experiment, you know, and it's like oh we he he hit on something that was amazing, you know, so they were doing
0: that with every cue you sent, yeah, and would they do you know would they bounce it down to a two track or were they sending every instrument oh separately
1: that's a good question, no, I think they'd send a stereo mix of it, okay. And then have, insanely time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was a stereo. Once he, they got my stuff kind of like a level where they liked it. They'd shoot that onto the room.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So they would mix it themselves to go, okay, that's a good balance. Let's send it out. And then, and
1: okay. then record that. Right. Okay. And then put it all back together. That's you know, insane. right, right. Yeah. So now, okay. So now, so now fast forward to just this year. Yep. I think it was this year, maybe it was the end of last year. I've lost track now. <clears throat> um, I was doing a session for a composer friend of mine. We, you know, the uh oh shoot. Uh shoot, it's a, it's a, it's one of the biggest series on Netflix. They just ended three version three of I mean episode three of this movie series. Okay. Um damn it, man, my brain today. I can't I can't remember what that Anyway, I'll think of that too. Anyway, um, so when we were recording drums, the engineer who was gonna mix it called me up and who i know really well and 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 he said hey man so how are, uh, and can you send me a rough mix of the of the drum set stuff that you're doing mm-hmm. yeah sure why he goes well i just want to just want to hear the sound see what what you're doing and see how that if it's going to jump. and so i want to give you some notes of if, if i want to change some stuff so we did and he said hey look could you take your drum mics now what what are your room mics now if we were in a bigger room we'd still have." farther away room mics but my room's not that big so so we brought the room mics down in front of the drum kit and i i just flipped the stands but i mean you can put them on shorter stands so that they're the mics are like so if you're sitting at if you imagine like looking at here's the kick drum out in front of you right you're sitting at the kit yep so if you look equidistant kind of like and low like so below the cymbals but kind of equal e- about tom height right
0: sure kind of like like just top of the kick drum or something
1: yeah out like three feet away from the kit mm-hmm. just sitting there like this uh, yeah. let me get my fingers up there so there's th- the mics are just kind of sitting there like that and and he said yeah so send me something record something like and then send that to me just so I go no no and plus all the close mics okay, okay gotcha. yeah sorry Plus all the close mics. So like I said, I'll put uh, at least two, sometimes three. Like I use a sub kick. And then I put a a D112 or a beta 52 or something right inside the drum. Um, And now Schmidt thing that he does is he just sets it right at the hole. If there's no hole, depending on the kit that you're using, he puts it right there. And then the, 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 the sub kick away from that. So you get all that low end filling that up, right? And then he might put an RE20 back here a little bit. Okay. So, uh, so we sort of adapted that concept and we're doing that. And then a top and bottom mics, uh, snare, uh, uh, mics on the snare. Yep. <clears throat> and then there's a few different mics I like to use, but anyway, so we, well, I like the 421s on the Toms mm-hmm. also like 414s on Toms on 414s are more expensive microphones. So, you know, for somebody's budget, they might not be able to go like, dude, I, I can't buy 414s four, 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 just for my Toms. You know what I mean? Yep. But It's a great sound if you can do that, you know. Otherwise, 421s are awesome, but there's plenty of other mics out there that are great. Um, The Audix are awesome. The Earthworks are great, you know. So there's plenty of companies that you can go with. Um, But anyway, so you mic everything up, got the hi-hat mics, and I got the overheads, and then put these mics out front like that that I was talking about, equidistant. And man, the drum sound, like, totally changed. Mm. you heard the brightness, you heard the wood of the drums. Hmm. Like I never noticed that before. Okay. It was weird, man. What, and what so that's for, how I'm, what were my, your own,
0: what are those room mics that you put in there Four fourteens. four Okay.
1: In, yeah. in, in Omni. Yes. And that's the key in Omni. So you're getting it all around. Is it bouncing off the back wall? You know, it's bounced. So that's the key. Um, and that's where you keep them now. Well, when I'm doing drum set, yeah. Right, okay. If I'm doing, like, when I'm recording bigger drums, Tycos, Toms, you know, whatever, and, and we even need room mics, I put them back up in the corners high. Okay, okay. Kind of tilt it down a little bit, you know, at an angle, slight, slight angle, kind of come at me, and then equal distance from what, where I'm going to be. And then, like, if it's Tycos, we'll mic the top head, we mic the bottom head, too. Okay. So, you know, so again, you're back in room, stereo, close, and back. Yeah, okay for just one drum. Right. You know, and even if I'm playing the rims of the Tycho, same thing, you know, and some stuff I don't use room sounds on. A lot of times on shakers and sure. Just lighter stuff, I don't even use a room room mic, you know.
0: Okay, but okay, you kind of you you brought up an interesting point. So for certain drums, you're going to have a very you're like I know what setup to go f- with Tycho drums. Yeah. You know, I'm going to configure like this.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and bass, dune, dunes, it, toms, even, even congas, you know, sometimes I'll go like, no, nah, no, nah, the overheads are fine. And my, and Lucas Faring, who's my engineer, he'll go, uh, he's kind of like a partner now with me because we we're doing writing stuff together. We're doing a lot of things together. So, and he, by the way, you know, my band Opium Moon, I guess I got to drop this name yeah. on the Grammy two years ago. Um, Lucas engineered that record. And it was just on a fluke thing, man. It just happened. We just got together just to see if this band, me playing percussion with Lily Hayden on violin and he tied Israeli on bass and Hamid Saidi on Santor was even going to work or make sense. Mm. So we recorded it. Okay. No separation, really. I can't, I don't have a room that I can do separation in. I mean, kinda, you know, you put up blankets and stuff, but it's not, you're still getting stuff bouncing around and lucas engineered that and he freaking won a grammy with it so so like he's playing on that believe me anyway so but we've become really tight and um so i just let him just run with stuff and uh what was my point of that um he does what he is is the way he oh so the koga thing sometimes he'll go like no no let's put the let's put the 421s on the kongas i'm like dude no we don't have to do that it's gonna be fine he goes no let's do it and it always sounds better so you know so it's like, again, so I don't use rooms, though, necessarily with Congress. I'll just use overheads and close. Yeah, right, but some depth to it. And yeah. I like, you know, with shakers, I like stereo, but a lot of people are like, dude, that's overkill. Just give me a mono track of a shaker. It's fine.
0: Okay, so here's here's one of my things. Do you think about stereo versus mono for certain instruments that you're recording? Yeah. And, and how it's that's going to lay in with...
1: Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you why, because uh, like let's take a simple thing like rain stick for example yes okay right i'm definitely going to record that in stereo yeah it's got to go left to right or something yeah i want to move it or you know i might want to do that with shakers a lot of times i'll be playing a shaker part and i might start here with like and i'm playing two shakers right like one here and one here like this right and there's my stereo mics over kind of coming down in front of me and i might be going like then i might open them up like this or i might come back and go one side to the other, but slow just to get some kind of like depth, right. You know, in the, in the sound, um, uh, palette, so to speak, or, or it sounds sculpting. I mean, even I think of it like sculpting. Right. So there's just something interesting going on as from a listener point of view, you know,
0: thinking of that with film in particular or, or even pop music or whatever, just anything.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I, and, and I, I like to get kind of crazy with some stuff, and sometimes, like even like the, like a lot of composed film. Could, well, anybody could go like, no, nah, that's we don't need to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to get. And <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I want to get really crazy. and They just like no, we don't need that. That's fine. Just give me a shaker, pardon, mono. You know, whatever.
0: Uh, you know. we all we all go to down our road and then get shot down. Sometimes I, I you know. And-
1: And I love that, man. I mean, that's the, you hit, asked me earlier about, um, you know, input. So I get it, you know, from all ways. I mean, you know, like, for example, I mean, as a drummer, you know, somebody gives us a chart, you know, or a a tune. Maybe they don't even give us a chart. We might be just looking at a vocal sheet with chord changes. Right. You know what I mean? And you go like, okay, what am I going to do with this? It's all up to you. It's all up to what is the mu- tune? What is the music telling you to do? Right, right. At the end of the day. So, and a lot of times we'll get stuff, as you well know, uh, you don't even have a bass part down yet. So you're going like, so I guess I'm creating it. Yeah. You know, whatever. And Or maybe the bass isn't going to do that. So now we don't know going into it if the drum part we're playing is actually really what it should be. Right that's why it's way better at the end of the day i think if we at least could cut a few people together but you know again you know man it's it, you know everything has changed on so many levels that um they they meaning the composers or rangers or whatever when they get these files they'll just figure it out and make it work you know
0: so how often in 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 film music are you getting that option where they're kind of like it's kind of wide open, man. Do your thing. Like, I can't imagine that's very often.
1: It, no, you're right. It, it's, there's definitely parameters because there's a queue. It's going to be as, it's got to be a certain length. It, it's going to be as long as it is. Okay. It's got to have a end point. It's going to end somewhere in there. Yep. You know, uh, there's going to be stops and starts probably, yep. you know, it's library music. I don't care what you're talking about. It's going to be, sure. you know, you know particularly trailer music which is my partner lucas and i have been writing some stuff and there's a definite structure to the way that works
0: yeah yep
1: you know and so uh and you got to kind of adhere to that and if you don't you get notes back and so like if you know like this is kind of a standard thing just give them that to start with i mean in terms of form yep you know everything else inside of it of course that's going to be note given, you know, like they're going to be saying, well, try this and try that. No, don't do that. You know, whatever. And, you know, you, you, you're going to get more parameters given to you in that, in that sense. Okay. Um, but I've done certain stuff where it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this example, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, so <laughs> I got asked, I got a phone call or email, whatever, to work on, name out. <laughs> <laughs> to work on American Sniper. Okay. okay. So I said, of course I'm going to say yes. I I pretty much don't say no to much of anything, to be right. honest with you. But um so uh so I go, yeah, sure. So I go, well, who's the composer? So they they said, well, I'll hook you up with with Joe. This is Joe DeBC who, who had actually kind of recommended me mm-hmm. for this gig. So I thought, well, I want to get together with him before the day. And at one point they thought the session might be here at my place. Okay but then they realized let's now let's go with the big room and then it was me with all my a ton of percussion gear and then three drummers okay and so I go okay great well now if I'm now that I'm principal percussion on this I want to be a little more organized so I want to have some my ducks in a row and like if as we overdub who's going to do what and you know whatever <clears throat> So I stop. I go to Warner Brothers. They get me on the lot. I go into the. And Clint Eastwood has a has a little small studio. You know the 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 scoring stage there is named after Eastwood. Scoring stage is named after him because he put all this money into it years ago to have it refurbished, or rebuilt uh, and remodeled. <clears throat> and so he's got a a small uh, writing sort of whatever room there on the lot as well. Okay. So I go there. I walk in. There's Joe, and I'm thinking all the time Joe's the composer. So I go. Hey, um, all right. So, Joe, hey, man, I nice see you, blah, 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 but Catch up. There's another guy in there. So, I'm thinking that dude's the music editor, right? So, I go, okay. So, um, so we sit down and I go, okay, well, let me, let me see what you got. Let me see the chart and we'll start going to the cues. And he goes, uh, uh-uh, no, no, man, there's, there's, there's no music. I'm going, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And then, and then the next one is <laughs> that I go, like, okay, well, just, You know, let's start looking at the cues. Pop the click up. Let's go. He goes, no, 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 man. There's no click. And now I'm, now I'm kind of freaking, right? Because I'm going like like, two and three other drummers. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Right. We didn't even get. We're not even there all together yet. It's just me (laughs) and Joe and this other guy in this room. And it turns out Joe is not the composer. He was the music editor. Okay. Oh. Okay. So I go. Clint Eastwood's a composer. So, so I go, okay, well, let's look at the cues. And so he starts, there's five different scenes from that movie that they added percussion on. And so I just kind of take notes and I'm kind of just seeing the cuts and, you know, whatever, I'm just kind of trying to get some ideas. So we talked a little bit more and that was that. We left and now a whole night I'm going like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? This is, what, am I, what? And so we get to the scoring stage the next day and, and I meet. Uh, Clint Eastwood and and uh, Steve Schaefer was one of the drummers and he worked with Clint before so he they he kind of remembered him and so they talked and then uh, and Bernie Dressel was one of the drummers and Teddy Campbell was the other drummer okay. so um, so we're going to look okay, and Clint goes okay so um, you know this, everybody you want to let's get going I go like great right, let's go so we walk in the studio so they we sit down and up comes you know it's got the first scene that we're going to work on and I go. Um, Mr. Eastwood. And he goes, No, oh, come, call me Clint, call me Clint. I go, okay. He goes, uh I go, Well, look, I, I know you don't like the, he's a jazzer, right? He doesn't want to use click ever if he didn't have to. Okay. Um, although he has, you know, because you need it to. You're recording an orchestra, man. You know, or like whatever, you don't know, have the time. So whatever. Okay. Uh So he goes, uh, so I go like, I I know you don't really want to use click, but could we just try it? If you don't like it, we'll, we won't do it, you know, but whatever, but just so we can have a place to start from, you know, and kind of figure this out. So he goes, Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. So the scene goes, and I'm looking at the scene and I go, how about here? Is is that, is that good? They go, he and Joe go, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) So I go, okay. So, Vinny put up eight clicks into the scene, you know, so he's captain. So we get eight clicks, and here goes the scene. Bam, and it's cutting both. And so now Clint's going, okay, so right there, bring it down, out, out, out. Okay, right here, bring it back up. So now we're all making our own charts of like, okay, so now I go over it and I go, okay, so bar five, bring it down, we're out six, seven, eight crescendo back in nine through 11 and then we're and then we'll blow it out you know like whatever oh we got hard stop there you know so we kind of structure the cues this way yeah for the next four hours wow and but, that's how that's how we did the music uh,
0: okay so who you guys are assigned particular instruments what how yeah how,
1: so how the, is it's working yeah so the first pass we'd go out and i might play like a mass, you know, big Shekharay part, or I might, might, might've played a, like a Tom groove or something okay. like with my Tom set up. Like and a base point a base. Yeah. Okay. And then they're all like the other the drummers are now going, Oh, and we just kind of created, we just went, let's try this. Okay. Let's try that. Clint goes, I love that. Let's, let's leave that. Okay. Overdub on that, you know, and that's the way it went for four hours. That's amazing. So, it's, it's touchy because what are you going to do? You know, you, you know, like technically who's the composer. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is why maybe you wouldn't. Believe I, I, I,
0: well, I mean, that's the obvious question, but it's not like the, we don't all
1: run into these things. Exactly. Because think you're about like, it. Yeah. When you're given a drum set part, unless you're given a part that's totally 100% written out and you got to play what they wrote, then whose part is it? You know what I mean? No one's going to question that. I'm not, I'm not certainly going to question that. I'm knowing Pliny's was the composer. He knows what he wants. He knows what he likes when he hears it. Okay, fine. We're all good to go. Let's go. It's great. So, um, we had a blast, man. It was awesome. And when you, I don't if you remember that movie now, but, uh, When I went to see it, it was like, whoa. And plus, you know, at the end of the day, there's so many sound effects blowing up and all kinds of stuff that uh, some of it gets lost, you know, anyway, but, but no, it was, it was a really, really fun and great experience. So there was an example of, you know, if you want to talk sublime to the ridiculous, that was the ridiculous where there was literally nothing. Okay. Yeah. And then or maybe the ridiculous would be of like, no, here's this insane part, and you got to play it, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't know what's ridiculous or sublime in this case, but <laughs> but but, <laughs> but you know what you get. And so let, let's put it this way: if it's a John Williams score, it's all written out, I'm reading it, okay, yeah. And you were going to come in and play what's written, and many other composers. I just did three days on Orville, uh, the the TV show with John Debney, and it's all written out. You know, there's there's no. Real problem. So. So, yeah. So you get everywhere in. And so those are the extremes. And then you get all in between, you know, and because, look, like, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, somebody's like, say, a, a record date, a pop date or jazz date or whatever. Yeah. And here's a guitar part. They're not writing every note out. and I mean, they might write the melody. They right. write might write whatever. But in terms of the way the voicings are written, that's probably not going to be written out. It might be, too, but a lot of times it's not.
0: Well, and often in, in film world, from what I know, the composer writes the melody, the theme, and then the arranger is voicing it throughout the orchestra. It, so... It- that's all exactly. sticky anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. So that's what I mean. I just love every aspect of this. To be honest with you. You know, it's like, and and of course, I mean, I'm I'm sure we're all in this. You're the same way. Is like, I'm the happiest when I'm playing or spending time with my family. But other other than that, um, when you know, I just man, this is what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it's like all of a sudden, you know, like we get hit with this pandemic thing the last however many months now. And it's like, whoa, how disarming is that? You know, like and, and what a shock that was to everybody's system, you know, and then slowly things are coming back. but uh, and, and within this um, whole home studio system, I was also going to mention, well, now, so remember I said, you know, way back when people were getting in trouble for having a home studio, right? And then it kind of just happens and nobody does anything anymore. And now with pandemic, more people than ever had to have home studios or else they couldn't record for a score.
0: It's basically, well, okay, yeah. I mean, it's almost expected now that you can do it on your own.
1: Yeah, and you don't necessarily want to hear some of the stuff that gets recorded. Sure. Um, I, I'm, I will not say names on this one. But so I get asked to do this show and, by a composer a friend of mine. And I go, great, yeah, let's go. So he sends me the files. And in the files in the top were the, what was in the top of the Pro Tools session was what was programmed, right? Yep. The mock up. And then below that is was the live players who had all recorded at home. Mm. And I hap- and they happened to list the instrument and the name of the player, so I knew everybody on it. <laughs> okay. And it was cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going like, oh, are you serious? I'm going to listen to these guys, you know, whatever. Right. Well, long and short of that was it wasn't happening. As, as, a, as a whole Yes, because if it never dawned on me before, I mean, they make it happening and that becomes the engineering side of it, right? When they mix, oh man, I heard the final of it and we go like, holy cow, this is insane.
0: They know how to clean things up, those guys. But you
1: would have not known it at the time. And the problem is this that I discovered that I never thought about. Well, I mean, this would be an obvious. Okay, so you might have somebody that's using Pro Tools, and somebody else is using Cubase, somebody else is using DP, somebody else is using Logic, right. and then also completely different microphone or microphones, right. right? Not really having had any recording or until this recording and or um, personal recording, I should say, or and hearing, and, and and microphone placement experience and all this kind of stuff. You get all that, right? Levels of gear, right? Quality of gear. Yeah. cause all that and the fact that when if you never thought about this uh i think this is something to point out that your listeners should know about which is it's obvious when you do hear it in out of out of context that when when an, a group of musicians i don't care how many you're talking about are playing together that intonation and the timing and everything else Comes into play as a group of people. So your ears are automatically refining as you go, right? Yeah. But I can guarantee you that everybody played on this thing are, are all monsters, right? Okay. But what wasn't happening was playing in the same room together. So now they're playing individually together, which creates a different kind of energy yeah. and intonation, even though they could look at their tuner go like I'm in tune, man. I'm right with 8440 440 or 8, A442, whatever they tune to, you know, whatever. It's perfect. Yep. But it's not perfect as a group. Right. And I never ever thought about that before. And it became real obvious on that. But you know, you hear the final and you go, oh my God, it sounded amazing. But yeah, they had to tweak and it becomes a mixing issue then, you know, and a lot of work for the mixers through all this stuff that's been going Time's on. Time's
0: the work. Right. Right. Yeah, but even minor things like timing, you you made like as you're saying, you made adjust in the moment. You know, everybody's gonna to feel it based on picture or,
1: or whatever's happening in the room. Or it's the fatness of it all, right? Because I, I just we just did horrible. and hey, man, we were fortunate that we were back on the on the Fox scoring stage with an eighty-piece orchestra, man. Uh huh. That's not been happening much. What they've been doing. Another thing that hap- has happened. This is like. I, I understand, I'm going to say this now, and I hope I'm correct, at least this is my understanding, that years ago when, Han, when um, Alan Meyerson was working with Hans Zimmer, they kind of they kind of created this thing of the, the what's called striping, right? So you have your orchestra set up at Sony or wherever, <clears throat> Fox or, or Paramount at the time, or even Taddeo when that was still in business, or Warner Bros. And so you've got your... Orchestra set up. Everybody's playing. And then they go, okay, but well, now we need the separation. Yeah. So we've, we've got a version that we like of the full orchestra, but now we want to hear everybody different. Yeah. So now they cut the strings and they always cut the strings first. I don't know why, but they do. You'd think they'd cut percussion first so everybody can play to that, <laughs> but, but they don't. I they know what's going with this. Yes. They cut strings first. Then they cut the uh, woodwinds maybe, or the woodwinds with the string that varies. Yeah. And harp and piano will be in there if it happens and guitar and whatever mm-hmm. and then the brass and then the percussion and so you get that that's called striping so now you have the separation of these sections and you don't have the bleed of everything so now you can play a little bit differently than you would with the full orchestra sure because I'll tell you, yeah and here's a perfect example of that so on Orville uh one of the other percussionists was the main guy playing snare drum i was playing vibes and a lot of cymbal stuff and you know that sort of auxiliary perk stuff and there was the timpanist and there was a guy mostly playing bass drum but it's a little bit of auxiliary perks and bode cymbal and stuff like this and then the other guy who was print who was uh section leader um assigning parts to everybody and he was playing he played toms or he played cymbal, or he played gong you know so everybody's kind of covering similar stuff but we had designated things to do all right well there was a couple and then then when then when there was some extra or if they wanted snare drum doubled then they'd have this one guy and i would go down and and do the snare drum double stuff with him and at one point they're going like he's playing like super soft i mean i'm at the other room and i can barely hear it and they're going like yeah, so okay, everything's great. Great take. That that's good. Let's bring the snare drum down a little bit. And now I got to double it. I'm going like now it's going to be even louder. So now, and I'm going like how can we play that even that's that much softer? Whereas because it's still bleeding into the room with all those mics up with all the strings, right? Had we been striping, we might have gotten away with where we were at. Yeah. But now you got to play it as a full orchestra, right? And it was delicate, man. I mean, it was kind of soft, like... Yeah. But it still make- is coming
0: out fairly loud, right? Yeah, because yeah, they're bright. They're going to take over strings, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that whole striping thing kind of came into play. My understanding was that it was Alan and Hans Zimmer, who kind of created that, but I could be wrong. That's pretty that's, standard now, right? Like Totally. It happens all the time. And so what was happening and has been happening since certainly it happened before, but certainly during pandemic when they finally started doing sessions against, it was only strikes. I mean, the fact that we were all together at these past, uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that was, that's rare now. Yeah. Okay. It, it's happening more. So that's a great thing. But, um, but a lot of times, they still like this straight thing. So they'll go like, well, TV, they kind of need to do it together because there's a quick turnaround on the mix. Okay. But the movie, they can take all the time. You know, they're usually it's not that, you know, much of a time crunch. So they've got plenty of time to get everything, put it all together, and mix it, and then throw it into the and then put it in, into uh, into post. But so um, what, what
0: percentage? What percentage of work are you in your room versus in actual studios? And you know, I have to caveat. I ask this question a lot, but and I have to caveat. Like, let's pretend the pandemic, you know, didn't really exist. What's okay. your, your percentage, especially with film and TV? That's fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, let me think. With film and TV, because I do other stuff in my studio, like I, I'm doing records for people and I'm doing, you know, demos for people and I'm doing all kinds of stuff. But um, I would say of the of that work film tv and video games um i would say maybe 40 to 50 percent of it is it, i do a lot in, in my studio okay it, of yep. the work that i'm doing not i mean not only but and if it it could if it gets busy again then then that percentage will change sure. busy meaning elsewhere uh then it'll be it could be like 70 percent elsewhere and 30 percent my studio you know whatever but
0: so in film and tv people still want a bigger space they want to be in the room if they can get it yeah I really and imagine it, the workflow is so much better
1: yeah i mean but you know at the end of the day it's none of this is cheap you know when you're when you're going i mean on any level if it, it and that's when it's a union gig and you hope it is um But the other thing we need to get real about is hey, look, I'm union, I'm pro union, but let's talk reality. The reality is that a lot of projects are not going to be done union.
0: Are you in the room? Let's say you're done recording cues. Are you in the room helping make choices of like, I think it should be, this should be more roomy or blah, blah, blah?
1: Yeah. If we have to do our own mixing, which we do on the stuff that we write, you know, like these, these, um, um, a lot of it's library music or some trailer stuff recently. And, and and then there's, there's another thing that we do, Uh, another buddy of mine from New York and I, and then my buddy Lucas and myself are doing uh, stuff that we um, like this sort of meditation yoga ish, study focus music kind of it's a whole different thing but that's you know there's parameters that they need when we turn this stuff into them that that they need um that's gotta be a particular where they're very picky about you know how they want this stuff to sound right and the sound how they and a lot of it's with samples so how they want this except my stuff i mean i'm gonna record myself live right but um but like you know we might put in a breathy string you know a vocal patch or a some of the string patches, or some woodwind patches, or whatever, and th- there's a particular sound that they're going for that we got to go with. You know, yeah. we can't, you know. So we'll we'll do that together, and we'll sit sit in the same room and go. And and I have a, you know, a, re- a decent. It's not. I don't have like an Atmos system, you know, in my studio, and I don't know that I'll need it, but <clears throat> maybe someday. But um so we're just listening in stereo, and I have really good x speakers, so you know we 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 mix on that you know and and or or a lot of times lucas will take the stuff once we've kind of honed it and like oh we like this Mm -hmm. he'll then add some samples do his own stuff at his home studio interesting okay and then he may do the final mixing there okay because he's set up to do that so right right i was doing this uh films work with this composer that i had met he knew about me because i played on um the crow and he a guy, one of the guys that was assisting him was an ex USC film scoring student. He said, and Elia, my friend Elia was saying like, yeah, I want, I want to get, I, I really like the percussion on the crow. I want to get something like that. And his assistant goes, oh, you, you want the percussion on the crow? He goes, I can get that guy. I know him. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, I don't, so again, this comes back. This is one other subject we were talking about with this whole networking thing. Right? Yeah. That's what it is, man. You know, it's like this leads to that. And who knows what's going to go where and when and how. It just goes, you know. And sometimes, as you know, there's no rhyme or reason. And if you try to plan it, no, that's a nightmare. You can't plan most of this stuff. It just happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so I I got tight with Ilya, and he would send a guy over, you know, and we'd record, you know, or he'd come or whatever. So he hits me, and he kept saying, "Hey, dude, you should get Pro Tools." So we're talking—I uh, want to say, probably, uh, probably two—the two thousand by now. Okay. Um, I think it was around two thousand, and um, and it was certainly by two thousand one, but I think it was two thousand. And um, so he calls me and my wife, and we had taken the my kids were super young at the time. We took them on a little vacation down to San Diego. We're driving back phone rings and I'm talking to him. And he goes, Hey, man, Hey, um, did you ever get that, uh, get your pro tools rig set up? And I go, uh, no, dude, it's a lot of money. I mean, like I got kids, man, I, you know, like whatever. And he goes, um, so I have look, I have a project. I am not going to have time to turn this around and do, you know, stems down into that give them to you. Then you, then you record, give it back to me, and then turn the stems back into pro tools. I'm not going to have time. You got it. He said, if you want this gig, if you want to do it, if you don't, it's cool. I understand. It's fine. But if you do want to do it, you got to have a pro tool set up. And I, and I go, well, I don't have a pro tool set up. He goes, well, I, I will, I will send my guy over. We'll tell him everything you need to get. You can go with him and I'll tell you where you got to go. To these different stores, and you're going to get Pro Tools here, and you're going to get a computer here, because I didn't have any of that. Yeah, I mean, I had a funky, but not a computer designated to do this. Totally, right? So, so I, I said, well, let me, let me check. Yeah, (laughs) to check with the boss. So I hung up, and so I said, Cindy all right so this guy you know Ilya wants to know if i'm set up in pro tools and i told him i'm not she goes well, i thought you already did that and i go no i haven't done it it's i'm looking at like between five and ten thousand dollars right now to do this right you know and this was you know now it's even more you know right. you want to get in a setup like that you're talking probably fifteen thousand you or whatever but anyway i go no i'm not. i didn't do it yet because it's expensive and you know you got two kids you know whatever she goes, well, you got to do it. You got to. So I go, really? Okay. So I call Ilya back. I said, bring your guy over on Friday. We'll do it. So we go in town. We go to Santa Monica. Get everything we need. That night we set set it all up. Got it all working. Got everything going. He came back the next day and recorded me. And and oh, and Ilya says to me, his name is Ilya Shmural is the composer. And he says to me, he said, you're gonna thank me, man. He said, you are gonna you're gonna wish you did this six months ago. Wow. And I go, okay, cool, whatever. Okay, so we did it, right? Right. So the next day we recorded, and after his guy, his, his his engineer assistant, whatever, left from recording me, and he left with what he needed. He just took it on the hard drive, you know. I called Ilya up, and I go, Ilya, I should have done this six months ago, man. <laughs> just just a mess with him, you know, like whatever. Yeah, and
0: here you but are, that- one years later,
1: right? It's like, man.
0: Well, thank you for uh, for, I mean, it's. All the, I mean, that's a ton of amazing information, man, that you're spitting. Well, out.
1: thank you for doing. Looking at the clock, it's been two hours. Oh. I could just go on forever. I'm sorry if I rambled, but oh, I love um, it. It's great. No, I, I, I really love this. I'm really honored. And and thank you so much for having me, asking me to do this. And I, some people, like you know, if they got any questions, they can always contact me. I've got a website, I've got my email, which is my name, mbgordy at mac.com, yep. whatever. So, you know, you can hit me up and I'm on IMDB, go check my band's records out on Spotify, Opium Moon. We got the first one, which is Opium Moon. That was the title, same title as the band. And then the new one's called Night and Day that just came out and we're trying we're pushing now for a Grammy for that. So we'll see. Nice. But, right on, man. But you know, so who knows, but that's not why I make music. I make music because I want to make good music. So yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, MB man, thanks man. I appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up. and I'm gonna come by and check out the scene. Anytime,
1: please, man. Um, I know like for the next couple of weeks it's gonna be a little crazy, but and then we're going to New York to visit my daughter. We'll be back on the fourth. So after that, come over and just we'll we'll just hang one day and just you can hit on my new tycos and we'll just, yeah. we'll, just jam, we'll jam. It'll be fun. Love it. Yeah. All right, man. All right, man. Thanks, dude. Thank you, brother. There you. Take care, man. Thank you for having me do this. I really appreciate of it. Of course. All right. Bye. Be good, man. Bye.